Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Hey, David. Hey, Anthony. Did you know that you are related, I'm sure of it, somehow, distantly maybe, to the oldest married couple in the world? I mean, aren't we all related if you go back far enough? Ah, sure. Okay. Okay, so a couple in Austin, Texas, John and Charlotte Henderson. (gasps) Yes, Henderson. Uh, They were recently declared by Guinness World Records to be the oldest living married couple. They're both over 100 years old. Dang. John is 106, Charlotte's 105, combined age 211 Good quick math, dude. Old. Dang. Uh, They were married... December of 1939. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, so they've been married for 80 years. Will be married for 80 years in less than, what, in about a month. Yeah. Um, so when they got, just a couple facts, like when they got married, uh, their honeymoon was cost $7 for their hotel room. I spent more than $7 on my honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. They, Uncle John needs to step it up. <laughs> They uh, they met at UT uh, University of Texas, I assume Austin, uh, where John played football for the Longhorns. Okay, nice. There you go, UT Austin. Um, so they've been in Austin a long time. So I was thinking about 1939. Long time ago, man. 80 years, yeah, right? Yeah, it was a long time ago. So I'm going to test your sports knowledge Gross. from 1939. All right. All right, don't look at the computer screen. All right, I won't look at the computer, right, David. which would be really easy to do, but I won't do it because I'm an <laughs> honest person. In 1939, I'll start with the easy one. Sure. Who won the World Series? The Yankees? Bonus. Who did they beat in how many games? They beat the St. Louis Cardinals in six. Eh. New York Yankees did win. They defeated the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. For nothing. Both those teams still in the league. Cool. All right. Um, college baseball. College baseball? Yeah. I can't tell you anything about college baseball right now, let uh, alone from 80 years ago. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know. College baseball is not on my... I meant Little League. Oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. Where was the winning team. Little League team from? Which state? New York? Pennsylvania. Oh. That's where Williamsport is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, wow. <laughs> I think all three teams were in Pennsylvania at the time. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all three teams in the <laughs> tournament? Yeah. Um, okay, American football. Oh. Okay. Who won? Who did they beat? I, I don't know. The The Kansas City Monarchs. <laughs> I think that was a basketball team. That was a baseball team, actually. Was it? Oh, yeah. baseball? I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm gonna go with the, uh, the Raiders. <laughs> No, I don't think the Raiders existed yet. Okay, I'm going to go with the uh, the Browns. Nope. Buffalo Bills. Wrong. Uh, the Steelers? No. Who? The man they named the trophy after. Lombardi? Yeah, Packers. The Packers? Yeah, uh, actually, I don't know if Lombardi was coaching at the time. But the Packers did defeat the New York Giants. Again, two the teams G-Man. in the league. man 27 to nothing. All right, this is going to be super hard. You'll never guess it. Oh, this one's hard. <laughs> uh... American basketball. Okay. All right. Who won the first? Actually, no. I don't know if it was the first, but the 1939 NBL, which was a predecessor to the NBA. Yeah. NBL championship. The New Orleans Jazz. Okay. No. Oh, okay. The uh, 
I don't know, dude. <laughs> okay. the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know. Now, this is a town that doesn't have an NBA team anymore. Well, okay. So the Akron Firestone Nonskids. Let me repeat the name for you. The Akron Firestone Nonskids. So when you first said non-skids, I thought about like when I was young and I didn't have poop in my underwear. And yes. My mom was like, good job, Dave. It's a non-skid. I'm going to start calling call my boy Firestone. Hey, Firestone, good job. Who's going to be non-skids? Well, as of right now, only one of them could qualify. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they defeated, uh, apparently it was a three-game series. No, I'm sorry, five-game series. They won three games to two over the Oshkosh All-Stars. Akron Firestone Nonskins were part of the inaugural uh, NBL season, one of 13 teams. How about that? Times have changed, David. Although not all, everything's changed. You've got still got the Packers, still got the Giants, still got the Yankees. But the Giants the are not good. No. Well, and they lost that Super Bowl, or not Super Bowl, that championship. Packers game, are good. Uh, 27 nothing. The best player on their defense is the Snow. TCU won the college football championship that year. How about that? Horn frogs, lots of TCU stuff at my school. Must be some TCU teachers close to where I uh, where I teach in my uh, like close to my classroom. You know what I'm saying? Some neighbors. Guess who won the U.S. Open in golf? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, oh, Ben Hogan? I don't know. Byron Nelson. Oh, the man's got a tournament named after him. Dang, I want a tournament named after me. If you had a, a thing like an event named after you, yeah. what event would it be? Uh, well, the only competitive thing I'm, you know, measurably good in would be yo-yoing. Mine would be the Awkward Silence Open. The David Henderson Awkward Silence Open. This is Subjectively Correct Sports. I'm Anthony Montague, the, uh, the awkwardly silent guy to my... You don't need to know the direction. Is David? Hello, David Henderson. That's my Andrew Luck retiring impression. Related to John and Charlotte. Congrats on your upcoming nuptials. Hello. I mean anniversary. You nuptialized yourselves eighty years ago, dude. But I bet those nups were so toit back in nineteen thirty-nine. Bet those are some toit nups. My nups. Um. So. What a good sports weekend it was, David. You started so thanks strong. For li- thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. We're in person, together. I'm not going to lie. Last week's audio, re- the audio was bad. I got week. a text it from superfan Will Stewart. It was bad. And he said, David was unlistenable. Also, well, the audio was bad. Nice. Okay. <laughs> super cool. Super, super cool. Super cool, dude. Super cool. Okay. Yeah. This coming from uh, his mom's second favorite podcaster. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for listening, Will Stewart. Hopefully this week's episode is more tolerable, tolerable to your ear ears. Although but I, we're going to talk some Houston sports garbage later. So yeah, well, you, you may want to tune us out at that point. Yeah, just there's a skip function. Whenever I'm talking about the Astros, you can just skip a little bit. Just skip a little <laughs> bit. But I don't know. Maybe you want to hear this stuff. Maybe you want to be informed. About the shenanigans going on in Houston. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans or those who have veterans in your family. Your grandpa served in the Air Force. That's right. 
Uh, I've got several family members who served in various branches of the armed forces. Thank you all for your service. Um, I think it's a cool holiday. I like the Canadian tradition of wearing the rose. Maybe that's a British thing. And they're part of, because they're like subject to the, they're like, they still recognize the queen, right? But the, 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 the red rose that's that they a, wear. Canada confuses me. Because no, Canada, Canada is weird, clearly yeah. more American than it is British, right? But they, they also have some French in them. And then there's some polar bear in there, too. I'm very confused <laughs> by Canadians. You know what I found out recently? I was going through a list of, because uh, we're studying Shakespeare soon, I was going through a list of movies that are based off of Shakespeare works, right? And Strange Brew yeah. with Rick Moranis is based off of a is based off of one of those Shakespeare things. I think maybe the Taming of the Shrew or something. Yeah. Strange Brew, Taming of the Shrew. Also, like, Canadians, you can't really make fun of, like, Americans for being, like, like, taking over the world and stuff. Like, you, you guys benefit from all of the things America does. Plus, like, it's not like the Caucasian Canadians just grew up from the snow, all right? Y'all invaded someone else's land yourselves at some point. So, so they're basically not doing any of their work, but getting all of the benefits? Yeah. Like, somehow the world looks at Canadians, like, very positively. Because uh, they don't, like, make trouble now. Well, it's it's easy. Okay, so you've heard of juxtaposition, or, like, foils in literature, yeah, right? Yeah, that's my favorite genre of music. So you take two things, usually two characters that are very different from each other, and if they interact a lot in the story, their different character traits come out really strongly, right? Okay. So if you put, like, a really nice, polite... A humble Canadian next to a, a, a rambunctious, annoying, arrogant American, they're going to come off looking really great. Yeah. Right? So they're neighbors to a country that everyone else hates right now. I feel now. like you're attacking our president, David. I'm not. Whoa, where'd that come from? No, I'm just saying like the general, the general, you know, who cares? But the general uh, consensus, around, the general <laughs> consensus around, the, around the world is that Americans are not the most desirable people right now, right? People don't like us. Sounds like fake news to me. So when you put them next to us, everyone's like, Canadians are all right. They are so not American. Mm. You know what I mean? But they're American adjacent. Like, I think if, if like, a group of Canadians are out, they're like, oh, so you guys are, are remind me a lot of Americans that are like, oh, no, hey, oh, not even close, eh? We're not even, we don't even like those guys anymore. Anyway, we don't even hang out. I mean, they, they don't come over here anymore. I wonder how many people pull the uh, I'm Canadian card when they're traveling abroad because they oh. don't want to get the American stereotype associated with them. I wonder who... I wonder what I would pretend to be if I if I didn't want to be American and I was out in the world. Like, what, who well, should I go? Should I go with accent Canadian? Accent-wise, you ha- kind of have to go Canadian. I think I would, right? I mean, I guess you, you can... You, you actually pull off a decent Indian accent. I, I do. <laughs> you can maybe do that. I do. It's not... I don't know if... But I don't have the look, though. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't. Like, it would be really jarring to see me, like a guy, like... I go up to the hotel. Uh-oh. Here it comes. <laughs> so hotel, Uh-oh. Like, very good day to you, sir. Okay. I, I would like to stay in my hotel room. Uh, uh, I, my name is my name. I don't even know what wow. to go there. But I am in room three hundred and forty wow. and five. I need to be there today. I have a meeting tomorrow with a very big company, and the company is going to give me money, and we are going to go back to India, and we are going to be happy. I can't believe you're doing that. Me neither. You've done some pretty crazy stuff. For our stuff tens here. of listeners, all ten of them are going to be super upset. I've done some what? You've you've, you've like done no, some everything, actions on everything here. Everything I've done is above board. Above board? Yes. I used that phrase at work today. Okay. 
which kind of surprised me. Was there me. something on a, like a shelf or something? No, no. Like, I used it the same way you did. Okay. So uh, I'm not one to show movies in class. Like I don't believe in that. I don't think there's academic value in it. I think it's teachers copying out a day. Like I just don't want to do anything or I need to get caught up on stuff. So let, let the kids watch a movie. But we had read And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. It's a murder mystery novel. Yes. Spoiler, there's murder. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she wrote another one called Murder on the Orient Express. And a movie came out recently with a pretty cool cast that had a lot of like, famous people in it. And uh, so I showed that to the students today, but I had to get it like approved my, by my department head. Okay. So I just was asking questions about what would be above board when it came to showing the movie and stuff like that. So sure. we got all that sorted out, and we watched the movie today. I watched part of it. We'll finish it on Thursday. It's a pretty good movie. Cool. There is murder. Um, who's in it that I would know? Uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, I heard of him. Dame Judi Dench. Okay. Josh Gad. Oh! Daisy okay. Ridley. All right, so real quick. So more than... Once in my life, I would say two or three times minimum, I have been confused in public for Josh Gad. <laughs> once in a Costco, Sorry. I didn't mean to laugh that hard. Just... Once in a Costco, a girl did a double take, looked at me, and said, "Were you? Are you the guy from Frozen?" And obviously, it's an animated movie. I didn't know exactly who she was talking about, but then she she remembered the name Josh Gad. I said, "Oh." No, that's not me. Next time you should say, I get that a lot. I actually played the moose. That's what you should do. Um, or just go with the Josh I was, Gad thing. I was actually a background actor on that film. I didn't, I didn't have a speaking role. Don't say background actor. They'll know it's <laughs> They I call those extras. I, a background actor? Yeah, but I didn't have a speaking role. So. In the animated film? Yes. You didn't have a speaking role right. in the animated film. That's So you were a silent extra in Frozen. That's the joke. Gotcha. Okay. What you ought to do next time, because some one of my favorite pictures are when people, like on social media, people are like, oh my gosh, I met Sting. And then it's clearly not Sting. <laughs> yeah. I love those. You should start doing that. And then just start, like, as soon as it happens, start looking on all the all social media for, yeah. like, uh, Josh Gad and see if you pop up in someone's Instagram. Okay. Yeah. We should make you a fake Josh Gad account. Well, I'm not sure how much effort I really want to put into like, this. Like, not the real Josh Gad? Okay. Yeah. We could, like we could... We could do that, or we could also not do that. Yeah. I always get confused with uh, Captain America before he took the super soldier serum. <laughs> That's your doppelganger. Yep. yep. Very, very weak Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you took Chris Evans and, like, put one of those little, like, vacuum finger, like, right, that vacuum seals food, yeah. and put that on his belly button for 20 minutes, <laughs> that's me. I, I, I wish I would have known that that you're, role was available because I could have been his body double for the you, first half of that movie. You are for just 30 cents a day, Chris Evans. <laughs> Imagine how much less you'll have to pay in food, too. Like the kidney's got to be weighed down. He must, I mean, he's got to keep a lot of calories going in that body, right? Well, does he, though? I mean, he's pretty bulky, yeah. No, I mean, like, does... Okay, Chris Evans, yes. Yeah. But, but, but Captain America... Well, I met, yeah, yeah, because his, his Does metabolism. Captain America have to eat? Yeah, like, his, his metabolism is crazy fast, right? His metabolism is so fast that he can't even get drunk. So he's, he's just constantly eating? I imagine. Well, in, in The Flash, he eats a ton, right? He's always eating a bunch because his, his metabolism is like way sped up. He's I talking about the, the, same fl- kind of thing. The, the character of The Flash. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. Flash. So I no, I imagine it's the same thing. Apparently Thor can put on weight, though. Interesting, right? Yeah. I wonder how they're going to play that out. Like, I don't know. Oh, by the way, shout out to Cody, who did a great fat Thor. For Halloween. Yeah, that was a good costume. Cody goes all out for Halloween. My favorite was that he was holding an orange soda. 
or something like, oh, is it a Dr. Pepper? It's a Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I love that. It was Diet Dr. Pepper holding a bearded fat Thor. It was great. Speaking of Thor uh, and Captain Marvel or Captain America, uh, all the new Disney stuff launched today. Well, the the service, Disney Plus, and then you got The Mandalorian. So you haven't seen it yet. I haven't, which is a huge act of willpower on my part, right? Like, you invited me to watch it here, and yeah. I know Heather's going to listen to this like a week from now, so all the brownie point opportunities will be passed, right? Uh-huh. But you uh, offered to have me watch it with you here in your new theater room, and I opted instead to go home and watch it with my wife. Not expecting brownie points, but sort of anticipating brownie points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not expecting it, but I do anticipate But you'll be some. disappointed if yes, you don't get it. exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to demand the brownie points. Right. I'm not that kind of husband. But if I don't get them, there will be some complaining and some shade. There will be a passive-aggressive reaction. I'm not really passive-aggressive. I'm just, like, annoying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Complete agreement. Self-awareness is important at my age, right? you got to be self-aware, and I think I'm getting there. Like, I know I'm a big Star Wars nerd. I don't care. Like, when I was growing up, I used to, uh, some of the only novels that I read when I was uh, in high school were Star Wars novels. They were the only ones that really interested me, right? So I read a Han Solo trilogy. There was a uh, post-Return of the Jedi series by uh, Timothy Zahn that was really good. The Grand Animal Thrawn trilogy, some people call it, because he was the Zahn's good, man. Oh, man, he's really good. And, uh, but I remember, like, guys on the football team giving me a hard time, because I have my headphones in. I'm on, like, my old uh, CD player or MP3 I forgot what Your it was. Your Walkman? Uh, no, I wasn't that old. But it was like a really crappy RCA MP3 player with like an LCD screen. Like Anyway, it was bad. But uh, I, would listen to, I would listen to Star Wars music on that reading a Star Wars book because it's the only music I had that didn't have lyrics. So it wouldn't distract me from my reading and it would block everyone out that was talking about foot powders or whatever that t- team boys talk about on the buses. I don't know. They never talked to me. I am... Um... I finished the um, the 2017 Darth Vader series. There was 25 comics in it, comic books in it. Finished it last week, and oh my goodness, there are there are some bits of canon in there that you would expect to have been revealed in a movie that were that have not yet. I won't spoil it for anyone except for you, which I already did. Right. But uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I love the Star Wars kind of expanded universe. Um, I didn't, I didn't get into it until much more recently. Yeah. Like, I, like, I think I've said on the podcast, my, the first, my first exposure to Star Wars was the Phantom Menace. Right. And that was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not usually the way it goes. It, we don't usually get fans from that experience. I didn't, I didn't see a new hope until, um, let's see, Laura and I had been married for probably six years at that point. Whoa. So I didn't, I didn't see it until about six years ago. Dang. She got me the Blu-ray, the original three, and uh, so I, I watched them at that point. And when you when you watched this movie from 1977 yeah. on Blu-ray, uh-huh. what was your reaction? I thought the graphics were pretty poor. The, well, the special effects. Okay, not what I was not, going for, not but not like, great, okay, but, but what was your overall reaction to the movie? No, it was good. It was a good movie. I, I thought the story was really good. I didn't think the acting was that great, <gasps> except for Harrison Ford. Right, well, you know. Harrison yeah. Ford was a pro. Carrie Fisher, too. I never had a. I always felt like Hamill was overdoing it, especially in, in Empire Strikes Back. In Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, like his reaction to finding out uh, Darth Vader's his father. I don't know. Didn't didn't do it for me. I mean, <laughs> who's your mortal enemy? Like, what is the <laughs> worst possible thing like that you face every day? I mean, he's no Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. 
uh, Mark Hamill had the hardest role in that movie because he had to do the most changing and make it feel the most natural, right? So he had to pretend to be flinging around a laser sword yeah. and using the force to communicate with people. He had the hardest role in yeah. that trilogy, right? And so the fact that he pulls it off and it's a little bit believable is already impressive. But he does a really good job with the role, right? I, I, same thing with Ewan McGregor yeah. in the prequel trilogies where everyone's like, oh, those stink, those stink. Like Ewan McGregor did a great job and he actually like would study Alec Guinness and then incorporate a lot of his uh, mannerisms and speech patterns into the character Obi-Wan later in the story. Really I great li- job. I, I, like, uh, I like Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. Speaking of which, he's coming back to play Obi-Wan. Super excited. And, okay, great time to be a Star Wars dork like me. Like, this is my Christmas right now because we have The Mandalorian coming out. We're going to sw- uh, we're gonna watch that tonight. I'll be live texting you. Yeah, please don't. Then, I'm sorry. I realized during the 49ers game, I was texting you the way you text me during Lakers playoff games. Wait, well, and I'm sorry. you've never experienced me during a Lakers playoff game. Well, Dodgers playoff games. Okay. But, but what I imagine you would be during a Lakers <laughs> playoff game, about halfway through one of my texts, I was like, wait, I, see, I only see blue on my screen. He hasn't tested back in a while. Screw it. I don't care. Richard Sherman or whatever, right? Mm. So uh, anyway, that was fun. But uh, So we have The Mandalorian coming out tonight. And then we have uh, the new Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order game coming out on Thursday. Yeah. And I'm going to be playing that for the next little bit. And it's just in time for Thanksgiving break. So uh, Heather, I'm sorry. Um, Do you get the full week off? But I can't. Huh? Do you get the whole week off? Yeah. Wow. That'll be fun. You chose the wrong profession, bro. By the way, I love your new house. Thank you. Um, you can fit three of me in your TV. You well, think we could? I guess I guess depending on how you measure. Yeah, if we Tetris me up a little bit. Like if we got dad in if here. If you were two-dimensional? Yeah, if we Tetris me up a little bit. Like if we if we got my dad in here to like Tetris me, in yeah. this, he could do it. My dad is so good at Tetris, it's weird. Uh-huh. Like, weirdly good at Tetris. Like, you know how you're weirdly good does, at yo-yo? Does he, have, he has, like, experienced man moving skills. Like, he just... Like, this, like when he packs a truck, is it, like, perfect? I remember when we would pack... Like, well, he had six kids, right? So if yeah. we want to trip all together, he would always get all of our stuff in the car. Uh-huh. Right? And then it's the same thing, but just Tetris. You know, do 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 and everything's lining up. So him and my mom would play epic Tetris matches that would last half an hour or 45 minutes Yeah. in one round without either of them uh, stacking up to the top and losing, right? Wow. And we would sit there as kids watching, like, can we play? Can we play? Can we, you guys have been playing for a long time. And they'd be like, you've had your turns. Give us a turn. And they'd play Tetris. And it was crazy to watch. They would go for so long that I would lose interest after a while. Like, uh, I don't want to play video games. I'll go do something else. Tetris never did it. it for me. I don't know. I, it's fine. It's fine, but it's not. It was never my cup of tea. Yeah, I heard you. Uh, all right, well, you brought you brought up the 49ers. You want to talk some 49ers? How you feeling? I feel, okay, so... So here, here's what I'll say real quick. Go for it. 49ers can hang. Thank you. Yep. Okay. I, I had my concerns that, uh, you know, they hadn't faced anyone in my mind that's uh, a legit team this year. They did in the Seahawks last night, and they almost pulled it off. They should have won, for sure. They should have so, won. a couple of takeaways from that game, right? The defense is still super great. Okay, the defense is still super elite and super good. The three touchdowns that the Seahawks scored in that game, one of them was off a scoop and score in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Another one was off an interception that got them down to the red zone. And then another one was off another fumble that got them down in the red zone, right? So the 49ers defense played fine. They didn't really give up any touchdowns that you uh, that you uh, that, that surprised you, uh-huh. right? If the if the Seahawks had bad field position, they did not score. Okay? Uh I am upset at the 49ers receivers. If you take away one drop, there were, there were two 
they were two disastrous drops yeah. that were both wide open. One that ended up in the hands of a Seahawk, led to a touchdown. Uh, the other one was at like the five-yard line on third down. It would have been a touchdown or it would have got them down to a first and goal situation, right? And that would have put them up four instead of uh, put them up three or, or it would have instead of tying the game, mm-hmm. right? So if you take away either one of those two drops, the 49ers win that game, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play great, but he also did enough to get them the win. And when you're playing a good team like the Seahawks, that's all you're asking of your quarterback. Yeah, they had, I mean, in re- they could have won in regulation. They could have won in overtime. Yes, and that's a whole thing. And I, it was starting to look like we were going to have a, a, a legit complaint that the 49ers didn't get a chance to win in overtime because the, the Seahawks marched down the field and it was a... If but for a, a Russell Wilson interception in the red zone, which never happens, which is yeah, I guess it was his first time ever throwing a red zone interception against the 49ers, right? Yes, and but it he was, plays twice a year, and it was his I think it was only his third interception of the season, and his first red zone interception in forever, let alone in the fourth quarter overtime, right? Yeah. So the 49ers defense showed up when it needed to, right, and stopped him except for that final drive, but whatever. And then the 49ers <laughs> take the ball, go back the other way, and play good enough to get in field goal range, and then on a third and like two. The 49ers running back, I forget his name because he's one of the three running backs that they have. He's like the third on the depth chart, but they've gotten some fresh legs. He got in there and he drove what I felt was past the first down marker, right? But they didn't give it a good look, I don't think. They're like under the hood for two seconds. Yeah, he didn't make it. And yeah. I was upset because, I, for, from my angle at least, from the TV angles, it was pretty clear that he was up on his feet and he well, was way further ahead than they marked him. And you had the far judge, the far line judge, run in past the first down marker. Yeah. Acting like he he if he would have gotten to the ball first, he would have spotted it in first and down territory. Isn't that stupid? Isn't that crazy? Just whoever got to the ball first and <laughs> spotted it first would have determined who won that game. That is ridiculous, right? And and I feel like the review the reviews are great for a lot of reasons, right? In fact, the 49ers benefited hugely from a review because DK Metcalf, Donkey Kong that plays football, that dude's stacked. He's going down to score a touchdown, and one of our guys, number 29, I forget his name, uh, Tara, Tagar, Tarian, Tarian, someone comes and grabs the ball while he's out of bounds, comes back in bounds, rips the ball away, and falls in the end zone for a touchback, saves a touchdown, right? Super dope, and that helped him. But then, when we really, really need it at the end of the game, and they could have reviewed the spot, they just kind of take a look at it for a second. It's like, oh, I can't really tell. Fourth down, whatever. Kick the field goal, shank it into the tunnel. Oh my gosh, kick the ball straight. Okay, so the technology has to exist for us to get pinpoint perfect spots. We can calculate the spin rate, the launch angle, and the speed of a home run off of a baseball bat. We can definitely see a football going two miles an hour. We can see within a blade of grass if a serve going 140 miles an hour was in or out. Instantly. In tennis, right? And it takes seconds. That's right. Just like that. And Which... I. Honestly, I think it's fake. I think that's fake technology. You do? I think they have pre-programmed like stuff, and, and they just like like a guy's clicking. It's, it's and just dragging. like a, it's a random generator type of thing. No, I think a guy clicks and drags. I think there's <laughs> I a click and drag situation. Either way, it's fake. There's no that's 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 too good. All right, it's so good. I'm skeptical. Um, huh? No, but there, there there are so many cameras, right? There's a there's got to be a way you can microchip the ball. Or something, and, and do, and with the pads or the turf, I don't know. You you can figure it out so that when someone's down, it registers where the ball's at. Right. I think the easiest thing to do is put a chip on the points of both ends of the ball. Right. 
That way you know exactly where the ball is based off of where those two points are, right? Yeah. You know exactly and where you, the ball is based off those two points. And then and you'd have to verify with the camera, right? Like when when the runner's down. And as right. soon as he's down, click, where's the ball? Exactly. Right? Or, or you can time it out and say this this runner is down at this millisecond marker. Yeah. And then see where the ball is That's at right. that millisecond. Yeah, exactly. It was it's not that hard, right? But this billion dollar corporation, this Billions and billions of dollars. And let's not talk about all the gambling money going into it now, now that gambling is becoming more uh, accepted in America, right? People are losing money off these games because a couple of old guys with sticks connected to a ch- by a chain are running out onto a field <laughs> to measure first downs. And, and and the two people responsible for determining the spot disagree. Yes. And, and whichever's more flight of foot right? determines, <laughs> determines the spot. The guy wearing the PF Flyers gets in there first yeah. and he wins. And it's crazy because they can't see what's flight going on down there. Fleet of foot. Fleet of foot? Fleet of foot. Not fleet flight of foot. foot. Firestone skid free. Sorry all my uh, idiom masters out there. Fl- fleet of foot? To be a master. Oh. Idiom master. <laughs> so there are a Who lot of... calling an idiom? A lot of... A lot of positives to take away from that game. The defense still played great. The only time the Seahawks scored was, uh, except for a field goal in overtime, it was when they were given gifted, brilliant field position or scooped it and scored, right? So, and minus two drops, they win that game too. So, I think they, the 49ers are still a great team. I, they, I definitely think they have a chance yeah. to beat the Seahawks when they go to Seattle at the end of the year. That'll be an interesting game. and They'll have more stakes. But my biggest takeaway, Anthony, I care about NFL games in November because my team is good. And that's a great feeling. I haven't felt this way about football in a long time, but I have a team that is relevant in November, and it feels good, right? Yeah. I have a coach that I believe in and I trust. I have a tight end who is like Gronk, but like Irish. He's like Irish Gronk. He's like <laughs> O-Gronk. I'm not sure I follow. George Kittles? Oh, okay. He looks like Irish Gronk. He's so, O-Gronk. So I think, it's, I think it's good for the 49ers that they have the Cardinals next week. The Cardinals aren't a cakewalk. But they're a better team. Do than they the have Cardinals. the Cardinals at home? They're at home. There you go. Yeah, in fact, their next two games are at home. The The worst thing that could have happened was that they play another really good team on the road or something, and they have their first losing streak of the season, right? Multiple game losing streak. As I think they come back with a win next week, and then it'll be interesting to see how they do, right? They got the Cardinals and the Packers, Raven. And then, then, then it gets tough, right? Ravens on the road, Saints on the road. So Falcons at home, they should take that Falcons one. Falcons at home, Rams at home, you think they probably win that one. Seahawks on the road to end the season. If if the Seahawks win out, right, or or not even win out, but if they win most of their games, this could determine if uh, this last game of the season could determine if the 49ers get a bye or not. Because at this point, I think they're more or less a lock for the postseason. Yeah, looks they have like- to have a complete... I mean, just a, a complete meltdown. meltdown and for I, think, them to not make the I think they showed against Seattle that they can play with anyone. I mean, yeah. Russell Wilson is getting MVP chatter, right? And he, they say he's the mid, mid, uh, midpoint MVP this season. And they held him in check for the most part. Yeah. Right? So this is, in my mind, you never, you never want to lose. But I think this is like a moral victory for the, the 49ers because, yeah, they were 8 0, right? But. Again, they were somewhat an unproven 8-0. And I think they proved, at least to me, which is really what matters, that uh, they can hang with the big boys. So yep. They are big boys. Bose is a big boy. Yes, he is. George Kittle's a big boy, too. He was hurt. So Kittle's was out, and that was, they had that, shenanigans. That was maybe still. the... That was probably the best football game of the weekend, if you count Monday as part of the weekend. It, probably the second best one was Alabama LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really talk 
about it a whole lot, but I watched it. It was awesome. Well, it was awesome. The fourth quarter was awesome. The second yeah. half mostly was awesome. Alabama was down big early on. I think when I really started paying close attention, they were down like 33-13 or something. And all of a sudden, they scored two touchdowns. Real fast. And, real fast. And they're, they're right back in it. And then it was just kind of back and forth for the last quarter. Um, and those, in my mind, are the two best teams in, in college football. Right. They won't play again uh, because they're in the same conference or then they're in the same side of their conference right so lsu now has the inside track at winning the sec west um but you could see them playing again in the playoff i think if alabama wins out they're in the playoff because right. because it's I, alabama I, I, well, they're always going to be in the playoff if they get that one win against the number one team they're going to find a way to get alabama in yeah alabama draws eyes as, alabama creates discussion. as long as they don't have multiple losses they're going to get it yeah because right. if you lose to the number one team and you're clearly a great team, you're probably going to get in, especially because they lost close. When I when I thought that they were going to lose by 20, I thought this shakes things up. But then when they got close again, I was like, well, here it goes. Alabama's making it into the playoff again. Yeah. Have we have we kind of lost interest in like expanding college football play? I feel like there was a push for it a while back, and I haven't really heard much about it lately. I think they're expanding the field because that'll happen when a really great team gets left out again, yeah. right? It'll happen every year, and that's the that's the secret of college football, is you hang on to this four. Uh, you hang on to this four-team format for a while. People get fired up. They want more. They want more. You give them that, and then it'll be a topic of conversation for a while. Does it work? Is it too much? Should we take it back to the way it was before? And it just it's all about creating discussion. Like the polls that they're doing right now, who knows and who cares, right? Like it's still early enough in the season. Not a lot of these teams have played good teams. Like Clemson, they haven't really played anybody, but they're in the third in the country. Yeah, well, and then they're in the ACC. It's like a, it's a non-football conference, really. It's a basketball conference. Yeah. Uh, so I think we just watched the national championship, and we we'll probably get to watch it again in, in a couple months. Um, any other football games you want to talk about? Nah, the Packers are, are good. They beat the Panthers. The Panthers... <laughs> uh, they're a good team. I feel bad that Cam Newton's injured. Probably done for the season. He might be done uh, at Carolina. Uh, it was kind of an upside-down week. The Dolphins won. It was. Yeah, I texted you. Are we in the upside-down? Yeah. Because basically, except for the Packers winning, right? And that was even in jeopardy, I think, at some point. All of the favorites lost. The Ravens won. They beat the Patriots, right? Yeah. Lamar Jackson looks amazing. He looks like he looks like Michael Vick with all the sliders on tackling turned down. <laughs> The Rams are now five and four. Gross. You know they lost else? to the Steelers. You know who else is five and four? The Cowboys. And I let all of my students know it. As soon as they lost, I put the I put the record and the score of that game up on the board. You know what's crazy? They're leading their division. That division is bad. <laughs> That's a bad division. And I keep and I, whenever someone's like, "Hey, they they have a winning record," I say like, "They're in a terrible division." Like being like clawing your way to five hundred in that division is not a good thing. That would be tied for third in the NFC West. Gross. That would be firmly in third in the NFC North. Yup. Uh, pretty much second or third in every division. So, yeah, they're benefiting from being in a division with the Giants, the Redskins, and the Eagles. I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. Is yeah. Carson Wentz even good anymore? I don't know, He man. got paid a whole bunch of money. Like, all these young, promising quarterbacks get paid. And uh, he's, I don't know. Well, the, he's okay. He's, I was just, no, he's not Lamar Jackson. No. And I was listening to the radio today, and they brought up the Rams have so much money tied up in two guys who are not performing. Gurley, who has injury problems, right. and Goff, who is clearly a system quarterback who cannot even play in his own system anymore. That's rough, yeah. dude. Yeah. 
It doesn't help that they're in a division with the Seahawks and the 49ers. That does not help. But, but I mean, they don't it, look good. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have much to say about them. They, they're probably not... Uh, yeah, they're probably not making the playoffs because they'd have to... They'd have to end up with a better record than whoever comes in second in their division, which is either going to be the Niners or Seahawks, plus probably the Vikings, and the Vikings look pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think they don't they don't have much of a chance this year. I don't think they yeah they're they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy. <laughs> so you uh, you wanted to be at the 49ers game. You had to watch from home, but you knew someone there. Yeah. How'd that so, make you feel, David? I mean, about two in the morning, I was sleepy by. Like, some people work for a living, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was asleep, right? I worked the next day. Also, it got very cold down here. Yeah. Okay, Texas, get your poop in a group. Like, pick oh, yeah. a temperature. Okay. Get your together. Yeah. Get your poop in a group. Yeah. Adam Henderson special right there. Shout out, Adam. But uh, Texas need to get the get Fire Emblem discussion. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Watch it on YouTube. And also Nintendo discussion. Yeah. I actually wrote a thing for that. I wrote a little script on, uh, for... Yeah? Uh, How'd it go? Yeah. I think it went pretty well. Yeah? Yeah, I talk about the story elements that go into uh, one of... Uh, um, Adam and I, we have a really... Uh, one of our favorite video games. Story elements like plot? Uh, yeah, the plot and stuff characters. like that. Characters? Not characters. Uh, let's move on. Uh, but yeah, you should check out Adam's YouTube channels. It's conflict. Really no, no conflict. Resolution? Okay. Hey, lawyer boy? Yes. If I have a question about contracts, you can chime in. Okay. Wow. 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 I'm just kidding. You can chime in anytime you want. I'll just ignore you. Obviously. So I'm it's a podcast. <laughs> Do you ever feel like it's that? Not a don't... monocast. What? Not a monocast. Not a not a one person cast. Do they even have those? Uh, I'm sure someone has a podcast where they only have one person talking. I tried that. It wasn't great, according yeah. to some people. No, you just sound like Sad Robot. I, I'd explain why. Sad Robot Dave was just quiet Dave, because Dave was right next to where his kids sleep. Yeah. Well, sure, we could talk wise all day, David. I'm interested in results. Are you a Kantian or utilitarian? I Well, hmm. it depends on the situation. In some places, you need to be Kantian because... The process can be more important than the results. Like how you get there is important. I, I was listening but, to. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're still talking. Okay. But at times the results are more important and are necessary. So yeah, right? like when it comes to feeding kids, I think I'm pretty utilitarian, right? Yeah. But when it comes to like getting ahead in my job, I think I'm more Kantian. Okay. Okay. That's why I could never be a CEO. Yeah. I'm not cutthroat enough. Huh. Okay, cool. I, I can't see myself being a CEO. <laughs> ah, I uh, I took a couple of philosophy classes in college, and there some of the professors had very, very funny philosophy puns. Really? Yeah. Um, no, I was listening to a podcast the other day, interesting podcast called Very Bad Wizards. It's a philosophy podcast, and they were talking about the trolley problem. And it just came to me because we watched a show called The Good Place. Love The Good Place. And they had an entire episode on the trolley problem. Bortles! Which is where uh, if there's a trolley and it's going to hit a group of people, like for certain going to hit a group of people, multiple deaths, certain. And you have the ability to switch the track so that it diverts from the group of people onto a separate track. But on that track is definitely, it is a person who will definitely be hit, right? And so... 
you have the option to not do anything and certainly multiple people die or to do something to act change the train's path and cause that someone else who otherwise would have been safe cause them to die and what do you do that's the trolley problem and then you can mix it up right you can throw in and there's a hundred people on one and one person on the other but that one person is your child right yeah or you know it's a group uh, it's it's uh, old person and young person right and so like that like kind of reveals all these like subconscious or maybe conscious like biases that you have and um and you might say like oh well the greater good right like kill fewer people if you have a chance to do that why not do that but then all of a sudden well if you have an emotional attachment to the one person that would die how do you do that and this is always the situation like spider-man's in right i was thinking about that it's a spider-man problem but spider-man always figures out a way to save everyone yep yep it's a cop-out it happens in superhero movies all the time where like everyone's like so reluctant to sacrifice Iron Man or Captain America when like they could in theory sacrifice themselves and save humanity. And they're always like, no, we're going to save you, Steve Rogers. When it's like Steve Rogers, if he was really real, would probably just be like, no, morons. Like, (laughs) let me die. Let's save millions of people, right? But they always try to find a way to do it. So the trolley problem always interests me because I always, I I thought about if my mom was the one person, if like there were five people that would die and... My mom, I know what my mom would say. My mom would say, I've lived my life. Kill me. Save those five people. That's what she would want me to do. So I would steer the trolley into my mom. Oh, wow. Knowing, knowing <laughs> oh, wow. that that's what she would have wanted me to do. Right? Now, if she could be on the podcast, she would back me up on that. I think we've had a discussion about this. I think. Maybe it was just a dream. Mm. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, all America knows. Not even America, dude. The world. The world now knows that you would sacrifice your mom for ratings. No, she would sacrifice herself to save someone else. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And so knowing that in my mind, that's where I would I would I would veer. You're like that the Daryl Morey of moral ethics. What? <laughs> Connect that for the listeners, please. Oh, not for me. Because he would trade his mom to improve the rocks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he cut his mom for sure. Yeah. He'd find some way to avoid her guaranteed contract. Right? Oh, okay. Speaking of avoiding contracts. Okay. So, Dion Waiters, yes. who should be a hero. He should be an American hero. Wait, okay, because... Because of Dion Waiters. Okay. All right? Everything he, he does... Cause he, because he duped Pat Riley into giving him $48 million? Look, he should be a national hero. He's everything America stands for. Uh-huh. Okay? He's like, I'm way out of shape. Yes. <laughs> so, we can all relate there. Right? I feel, then, you, I feel you, dog. Right? And then he's able to, says Josh Gad, and then he's what? able to... In <laughs> summer! <laughs> does, I still think you should just like, yes, I am, next time. <laughs> That'd be cool about it, but do you want to take a picture? Lead him over to some place? <laughs> that could end bad. Uh, what was I talking about? Sports? Yes, Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters. Dad bod. Dad bod. <laughs> and then he, he gets a bunch of money by working hard for a little while. Making 40% of his threes for one season. Right? He works hard for a little while. <laughs> he has success for a little while. Yeah. And now he can just fly on airplanes, eating all sorts of things. All right. Well, let's, okay, so let's see what happened. Okay. So the Miami Heat. American so so Dion, Dion Waiters, guard for the Miami Heat. And Dion, we trust. <laughs> he uh, He's, on, he's in, his, in his third year of a four-year, $48 million, give or take, uh, contract. And... Um, 
So the, the Heat were flying from Phoenix to L.A. And before that, they had been in Denver. That's important for the story, and you'll <laughs> know why shortly. And uh, reports were on the flight that Dion Waiters had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, was going to miss the game uh, they were playing the Lakers. Uh, and uh, later came out that his panic attack was like a seizure. And they had to stop the plane early. Like uh-huh. they were on a chartered flight, right? They're on a private flight from Phoenix to LA. They had yep. to just land somewhere. Probably, what's between Phoenix and LA? Uh, Vegas? <laughs> desert. Just all kinds of desert. They had to land in Vegas. Where else like, could, uh, have, could they have landed? I don't know. David, I don't know. We're from there, and we can't name another place to land besides <laughs> Las Vegas. It had to have been Vegas. Which is crazy, because, like, it takes about an hour to fly. And, it, and when it's chartered, it's probably, like, even faster. Like, are you sure? That, well, who knows? I'm just saying, where else do you land? Where it's like, you land? Yeah. We have some pretty good know. geographical knowledge of that part of the Amer- of America. We grew up there, and I can't tell you where they would land besides Vegas. Needles, California? <laughs> Needles. Look uh, it up if you can find it. Um, Google Maps right, just has so, a white circle so at needles. Reports that he have a, has a panic attack, maybe it's a seizure. Comes out that he ate a gummy edible. A gummy. Okay. okay. A, imagine, like, imagine think of a gummy. gummy bear. Yes, a gummy. Okay. Now these edibles are um, THC infused gummy bears, more or less, right? So you get the high as if it were from marijuana, but. Um, I guess there are some blends or or uh, what mixtures. I don't know the correct terminology here, but there are some edibles that are extremely potent. Okay. Look, uh, okay. Look, he is a giant man. Like by average standards, yeah. He's he's like a guard in the NBA, which means he's a giant human being, right? right? And he's an athlete. Okay. One edible. That's gummy bear size. These ain't your hippie pot brownies. No, this should not have knocked him on his butt. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, just hearing from other people, this one little gummy bear's worth of edibles shouldn't have been enough to give him seizures and stuff. And I'm not going to, I'm not, okay, I'm just saying, Dion Waiters, American Hero, seems like the type of person who knows his way around edibles and things <laughs> like that. And it might so, also explain his dad, Bon. So, um, Might be a gummy Bon. <laughs> Alright, so he, he it isn't, isn't telling heat officials who gave him the, the gummy. They think right? it's a teammate. They think it could be a teammate. And why in the world are the heat, who's usually a very tight-lipped organization, yeah. letting these details right. out? I think I well, know why. But okay. Is it any surprise that these professional athletes are engaging in recreational drug use? Kenyon Martin, I think it was like on a podcast recently, said he estimated 85% of the league smokes marijuana or eats edibles or does something for that uh, that level of high right not now we're not talking about like heroin and stuff like that i don't know what what else may be happening so the two biggest... this isn't the 70s nba all right, right? yeah or the <laughs> 80s mets um, oh my gosh the 80s mets dude yeah um if you want to if you want to hear some crazy baseball stories look up some 80s mets stories daryl strawberry <laughs> So, so the Heat have suspended Deion Waiters ten games, which means he's going to lose out. He had a he had a bonus in his contract if he would have played seventy games, he would have received uh, it was something like uh, one point four million, one point two million, one point four million. Plus, he loses about eight hundred thousand in salary from missing the ten games. So he 
He not only did he eat an edible, David, he ate about $2 million. That was a $2 million edible. And I put one edible in quotation marks because I still don't think one edible <laughs> knocked a giant athlete on his butt like that. He ate a mound of edibles. Right? And they were coming from Denver. So it's like it was like some shady street deal or something. It was probably wow. from like some licensed vendor somewhere in Denver. Who knows? And and my thing, okay, I, I still don't think it was just one little gummy, okay? okay. I don't know. It just seems like it, with all these people on the plane, like if 85% of the uh, of the league is, is doing Do you marijuana. think maybe he thought they were actual gummy bears? <gasps> what if he just is a sugar addict? I imagine if, like, could you imagine if, like, I don't know, uh, Tyler Hero, the rookie, is like, hey, Dion, <laughs> do you want some Sour Patch Kids? Because well, he's looking for those minutes, you know? Yeah. He needs some playing well, he's, time. He's getting them because he's just that good. Yeah. And he'll surprise you with his handle and his athleticism, Anthony. Did you know that? Well, he's that, got a high basketball IQ. Yeah, he does. High motor. Gym rat. Yeah, for real. Uh, those are all coded words for he's white. So anytime, anytime. Not he, not Alex Caruso level white, but he's white. Dude, I love Alex Caruso. You, there are very few names in sports mm. you can say that make me smile. Yeah. Alex Caruso is one of those. Welcome to the Caruso. Oh boy. See, that was so bad. And I like Alex Caruso so much that that made me smile still. Oh my goodness. Yeah, bald we, Mamba. Bald Mamba? Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't like that. I like I like the accountant of the round table. Uh, that's my the treasurer of the round ball table. That's my favorite. You know, because King James, round ball king. Sure. I'm going to keep going with that. That's going right. to become a thing. If nowhere else, on this podcast. All right. So, so the oh, you were saying something, though, about Tyler Hero? No. He, he good. He, yeah. Um, but Dion Waiters, it, it could be much more than a $2 million mistake. American because, Hero. What's that? American Hero Dion Waiters. <laughs> yeah. So, because he's in violation of the NBA's uh, drug abuse policy. Well, okay, keep going. Yeah. Um, and there are various clauses in the um, collective bargaining agreement that allow a team to nullify an, a, a player's agreement or contract if, uh, you know, they engage in behavior detrimental to the team or league or they don't keep themselves in shape. Um Dion Waiters could be headed towards having his contract rescinded. You saw this with Tyreek Evans, who violated the NBA's um, drug abuse policy, and he was suspended for two years. So his contract was essentially void. Dion Waiters has two years left on his, on his deal. The Heat would love, love to have that contract voided. And hence the leak. If Jimmy Butler took a gummy... And had the same thing happen to him, you know they would not be leaking all this information about uh, about it if it were Jimmy Butler. But because it's Dion Waiters, a contract they want off the books, mm-hmm. they're free to they tell they'll tell everybody. Like I imagine they were on the plane and they were like, "Hey, Adam Silver, yeah, uh, Dion Dion Waiters, American hero, he's seizing right now from doing drugs." <laughs> They probably they they actually planted it right. <gasps> like this was an inside job. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Imagine if like Eric Spolstra <laughs> goes up to one of these rookies, like like this guy named Nun, who just came out of nowhere. Like, guess how many people heard about him? None. None. So imagine if like Eric Spolstra goes up to Nun and it's like, hey, I have some of these, uh, you know, I have some of these gummy bears. You should give some to Dion. It'll you like be a pixie fun sticks? <laughs> there, just rub it all over your teeth. Great, and then it went a little too far. They were just like they caught word that there was gonna be a random drug test, and it was Dion's turn, and they were like gonna sneak something to him. But then it got a little extreme, and then he's seizing his stuff. But anyway, this is crazy, and I hope one day we get a book, the NBA according to Dion Waiters. I would love that book. I would read it. Yeah. Um, 
the, the NBA would have a fight on it, and the Heat would have a fight on its hands if they tried to enforce it. So I think Tariq Evans was maybe a little bit more egregious a situation, but but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Dion Waiters is not doesn't have any real fans in Miami or in the organization right now. He was suspended the first game of the season for like fighting with Eric Spolster. Yes, right? for conduct detrimental to the team. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see. The Heat have been good though. I mean, the Heat are Heat are a legit team, especially in the East. It'd be a top three seed in the East. They would be like the seventh seed in the West. <laughs> the West is stacked. West is. Good. Like, I think it's better now than it was before. I think the talent is spread well, out even more. Well, yes, it's definitely more spread out. Maybe not as top heavy, but spread out. The, yeah, the you don't have great. Obviously, Paul George is coming back soon. He's going to play the Rockets for his first game. Uh, Lakers are going to Laker. The Jazz look good. Uh, the Blazers yeah. look good. Denver looks good. I mean, never count Pop out. Yeah, Greg Pop. Somehow Phoenix the, even looks good. Phoenix looks good. Man, I don't know. Um... The East is a wasteland. East is not good. East, is, they have, what, three, four teams, maybe? Sixers, Bucks, Celtics. Heat. Celtics, yeah. four. All right. Toronto's all right, but... Anyway, enough basketball. Your Lakers are looking good, yeah, uh, just like I we'll thought see. they would. We'll uh, see. LeBron's it's... healthy. LeBron's firing on all cylinders. I'm excited to see them keep playing. Yeah, let's. I'll hold any opinions till Christmas. Yeah. I'll just be I'll just be giddy in the meantime. You notice how I was I was we had the same philosophy. Like I was pretty silent the first half of the football season. Yeah. Like six and zero, oh, David has closed his mouth. Like seven and zero, oh, David's quiet. Eight and zero, oh, now David's talking 49ers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now that I feel like we have a chance of doing something and making the playoffs and winning some games in the playoffs, it's time to talk Niners. Uh, we we teased Will that we were going to make fun of Houston sports. We're not going to make fun of Houston sports, but we might ad- admonish some Houston sports a little bit, right? So we talked the other week about people complaining. Was it just a few days ago? Because we did uh, we did yeah. ours on Saturday, so it's only been a couple days. Friday, so we're recording Saturday. Friday or Saturday. Yeah. So we're recording Tuesday night now. Uh, so sign stealing has been going on in baseball since they were throwing the ball around prairies in the early uh, 1900s and the late 1800s. If you're not right? cheating, you're not trying. Right. So sign stealing is a part of baseball. I talked to my dad the other day about that, and he said that he would try to peek down at the catcher when he's doing his signs, and he would like, his favorite thing was knowing a curveball was coming. So he would check to see if a curveball was coming. That's something that's very common in baseball. It's been going on forever. And our comment on that was, if uh, if you're having your sign stolen, that's on you. Fix it, right? But it has come out recently, and we've seen some video evidence that might support this idea, right? That the Astros were using technology, cameras, and monitors in the dugout to help them steal signs from the catcher. Now, that is completely and blatantly against the rules. If you're on second base and you happen to see that the pitcher is holding the ball a certain way and you signal to your uh, batter that a curveball is coming or something, that's totally legal. It's, as we like to say here on Subjectively Correct, up to board, (laughs) above board, up to code, around the cord. What is it? Well, you have several idioms in there. Yes, above board. Up uh-huh. to up to code is another saying that cool. we, we don't really say, but oh, I totally. But, but people say it. Yeah, I, I totally Anthony'd that one. Okay. Anyway, well, you yourself said you were bad at idioms. Callback. That's called a callback. Oh no, you didium. What? That was bad. Okay, oh. so it was like a medium joke. A what? Are you just trying to throw idiom in as many words as you can? You cannot save this. I, I'm, okay, I'm going to quit him. It is... Okay. Uh, there's actually... Never mind. Just no, no. We're moving forward. Just plow through it, Dave. Just plow right through it. So it's one thing to be standing at second base and to steal a location or a pitch from the catcher or pitcher. 
based off of things you're seeing, right? It's a totally different thing to be stealing signs using a camera and a monitor, right? Yeah. And the thing that kind of hurts my heart the most here was they did that during their championship season is when the pit, uh, a pitcher, Farquhar, from the uh, White Sox is one of their biggest accusers and a former player for the Astros has come out and put his name on it and said, yeah, we were some signs stealing going on, right? Uh, so it's a bigger deal than, than we previously thought it was. And it, it just makes me feel bad that they may have won a championship with the help of cheating in a nefarious way. Right, using technology to get a, get an advantage. This is way different than even like the Deflate Gate situation, where the Deflate Gate you still have to win the football game, right? Like you still have to play offense and win, even with the deflated football, right? You still have to play defense to win the game. So the deflated football had not that much to do with it. But if you know what pitch is coming before it's coming, you take all the advantage away from the pitcher, and you get a professional pitcher that knows a changeup is coming or knows a curveball is coming, knows a fastball is coming, it completely changes the game. Right, and so I feel really bad that this is going on in the league. It doesn't surprise me because like this is a hyper competitive environment. But AJ Hinch and some other quotes that we've read in conjunction with the story aren't super uh, confidence inspiring. I'll say. <laughs> All I'm hearing you say, David, is that the Dodgers won the 2017 World Series, and we're gonna have a parade, and it's gonna be great. Actually, no, I don't. That would be a sad parade, dude. That would be a very sad who, parade. Who would go to that parade? I would still buy the championship gear. Well, sure. <laughs> and I'd wear it proudly. Sure. Um, but like a December parade in LA. Actually, that wouldn't be that bad. It would a actually December be a parade great in time LA. of year. Yeah. Um, I was gonna here's the, here's the deal, though. The Dodgers had a chance to win in Game 7 at home. Astros didn't have any nefarious camera technology at Dodger Stadium that I know of. And, I mean, uh, a guy with a really great camera in center field. <laughs> It can't be that hard to set well, that up, right? Either whatever. I you Darvish was tipping his pitches. Okay, just just pull Darvish in the first inning and maybe we win that game. Right. So you you did some sleuthing on your own and pulled up the Astros splits from this year. They're home and away splits, and this was yeah. interesting to me. And you know, on its own, it's just okay. They happen to play really great at home, which is normal, right? But with this information about them maybe stealing uh, signs using technology. Uh, combined with this information, kind of surprised me. Yeah, they won the most home games of any team in Major League Baseball. Um, they had one more win than the Dodgers did at home, and they had the second best split uh, home wins versus away wins uh, in all of baseball, second only to the Chicago Cubs. And I don't know. Who are if- also implicated in the sign stealing thing. So they're they're also implicated, and and I think they also kind of traditionally play better at home i don't know if maybe it's the the uniqueness of their park the friendly confines of wrigley field (laughs) yeah um yeah other other teams with like kind of notable home away splits well really it's really the the astros and the and the cubs you get the rockies in there the dodgers had a more or less favorable home home away but everyone plays better in, in colorado that's true right? yeah the rockies rockies really do benefit from from that home field um so it's just interesting i mean i'm not saying they're a good team i think the astros are obviously a great team uh because even on the road uh they're playing well let's see what their road record was on the road yeah so i mean they're still 47 and 34 plus 13 on the road that's not bad. I mean, that, that's a really good team still. Um, but being plus but, 39 at home? Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know. Are they are they doing it during the playoffs too? Are they doing it just during the regular season? Is it every game? Is it certain only certain at bats that are crucial? And then the crazy thing about this World Series, if they were stealing signs at home, they lost all four of their home games. Right. So I mean that kind of throws that, some. Is that the is that karma? Is that a base, the baseball gods? Oh, the baseball gods are snitches, dude. They are <laughs> the baseball gods are. Yeah, they will come back to get you. Just like the football gods in that 49ers uh, Seahawks game. They were freaking out up up Mount, the Mount Olympus of football. Mount Lombardi. They were freaking out up on Mount Lombardi throwing football-shaped lightning bolts around at each other. That was a crazy game. I'm still thinking about it. Cody, I'm so jealous that you got to go to that football game, man. I'm so I, jealous I'm going to go get eat an edible. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to the Mavericks game uh, next week. Mavericks, oh, really? Mavericks Warriors, which Oh, at the beginning of the whoa. season was a much better matchup than it is yeah, now. Dude. So I guess I'm just happy to go see Luca. Yeah, I love Luca. That's a cool player, man. It, it's fun that the Mavericks have a young player they can be excited about. Yeah. Because the last time they had that, it was Dirk Nowitzki, and now he has a street named after him. That's how long it's been <laughs> since they've been excited about a young player. Is uh, is uh, Vince Carter playing for the Mavericks now? Is he playing for this, uh, the Hawks? Where's he playing now? No idea. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time, dude. He's still doing it at like age 45. He's my hero, man. One of my heroes. Oh, I saw that uh, uh, in the year 2001, okay, the, uh, in the year 2000, Conan O'Brien, in the year 2000, so uh, I forgot how long ago it was, I think 20 years ago or whatever, uh, Ichiro Suzuki and Albert Pujols were named the uh, NL and AL MVPs. And when I saw rookies that, of the year. rookies of the year, yeah. yeah, rookies of the year. I think it was in 2003, something like that, right? It was a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah, I was just like, it, I loved seeing that because Ichiro and Albert Pujols, like, were my favorite baseball players growing up, or two of my favorite baseball players growing up, and I loved watching them. So it was cool to see that, uh, and to know that Albert Pujols is still in the league, swinging that giant bat around and lumbering his way to first base, pulling hamstrings every time he does it. Uh, it's fun. I, I, baseball is a cool way of making you feel nostalgic, right? Like I said, the words, I said the words, Daryl Strawberry. And there's just something like your heart skips a beat. And you don't know why. You're like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You say like, I remember watching Daryl Strawberry when I was a kid. Right? Do you remember Dodger games? Wait, I'm, we're gonna try this again. Omar Vizquel. Right? Your I mean, heart, it doesn't do anything to me, but but but, but your little baseball heart skips yeah. a beat, right? Because yeah. you remember watching Raul Omar Mondesi. Vizquel. Yeah, Raul Mondesi. One of my favorites is uh, Javi Lopez from the Atlanta Braves. Because anytime you hit a home run, one of the sports center guys, I don't remember who it was, would go Javi. Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones, right? There's some there's some names in baseball that just make you smile, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of like Alex Caruso. He's so good. Always good for one thunderous dunk a game. Well, David, I think this was his, a... His, oh, his, dunk per, his dunk per hair follicle ratio is probably <laughs> the best in the NBA. Well, he's got a league with a bunch of ball guys. Right, but they shave. Okay. What he's going yes. on isn't like, that's not by choice, dude. He's not choosing it. That is nature running its course. Yes, it is. Do you think, like, if he gets hair plugs during an off season, like, it's going to be one of those where everyone notices, right? Yeah. Like, he's not going to be able to get away with it. Remember when Carlos Boozer put, like, nail, like, <laughs> shoe polish on his yeah. <laughs> Sharpie on his, on his head. <laughs> oh. I mean, that takes, like, top shelf confidence, right, to do that in the middle of an NBA season. Or top shelf like, friend screwing you over. Yeah, I imagine, lack of self-awareness. I imagine if uh, the same guy that... We should check to see if there's a guy on Carlos Boozer's team when that happened. That's on the heat right now. Because that might be the same guy that <laughs> the gave saboteur. the... Yeah, the same guy that gave the gummy to Dion Waiters, American hero. Mm. All right, well, 
uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Let's be go careful. Watch. Be careful uh, what uh, candies you're ingesting. You never know. You never know what they could be laced with. Uh, let's go watch The Mandalorian, dude. All right. Let's do it. So end it. Hit the stop button. Is there a hotkey for that? Or do you just have to click it every time? Go ahead. Whenever you're ready. You know I can fill time. I'm an English teacher. I'm so used to filling dead space with just words, right? Like, for example, The Mandalorian is coming out tonight, right? And I'm super excited about it because it takes place after Return of the Jedi. So we get this really cool uh, section of the Star Wars universe that hasn't been explored too much in film. It has been explored a little bit in book, right, in some of the novels. But most of it isn't canon anymore. It's considered, like, legacy or, like, expanded outside of the standard Star Wars canon, right? So this is going to be our first look, really, at the post-Return of the Jedi uh, but before um, The Force Awakens, where you get uh, a look at what's going on in the galaxy. But it's going to be a really cool look. So it's believed in a lot of situations the Mandalorians have kind of died out in the universe. So to have a movie come out that's called The Mandalorian, it really does kind of open your eyes to all the possibilities that are out there. The Mandalorians are This is gone. like the anti-Marvel movie where people say for the end, for like some big payoff, everyone's just so disappointed. One of my favorites of that... <laughs> Was the uh, Captain America one where oh, he the, just the sat PSA. There. Yeah, yeah, like so you got detention. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, those are really good. So, bye.